You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. This morning, as you would, turn to Psalm 28. As you all know, anytime I have a short presentation to make, a short time up here, we almost always lately have turned to the Psalms. This is about the 30th time because we took a couple of passes at Psalm 22. So Psalm 28, which the translators and publishers of my ESV have entitled, The Lord is my strength and my shield, which is down from verse 7. It has this the short uh, title. Again, these titles... Uh, are included at least with these texts as far back as the Septuagint translation. So they're well before the time of Jesus. We take them as authentic. This one just says of David. So Psalm 28, we'll read it all, then we'll go back and make a few comments. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according with the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands and and render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is a saving refuge for his anointed. Oh, save your people. And bless your heritage. Be their shepherd. And carry them forever. So we have a lot of imagery there that we've already seen in the Psalms. Familiar to us in other parts of the scripture. But we see one at the beginning here. Which I don't think we've seen much. But we'll see quite a bit. Lord my rock. He says. Don't be deaf to me. If you are deaf and silent to me, I will be like those who go down to the pit. I'll be just like those people that are living without God. If if God doesn't listen to me, and if God doesn't speak to me, I'm as bad off as all those people who don't listen to God at all. And and we know that God doesn't hear them in in their rebellion. He said, I'll effectively have the same end as the unbeliever, except that you would hear me 
and you would speak to me. It reminds us of 1 Corinthians 15, where the Apostle Paul would say, if we've hoped in Christ in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. We've gone all in on this Jesus is resurrected bit, haven't we? What if he hasn't? We're kind of sunk. So the psalmist says, if you don't hear me, if you don't listen to me, I am sunk. But we know that he does listen. We know that he does speak from Psalm 94. He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? How do we know that we have a God who sees and hears? Because he's the one who made seeing and hearing. Seeing and hearing are his business. Seeing and hearing are what he made. What about those other gods? No seeing or hearing in them. Another psalm, Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Okay, glory to God, not to us. Why? Verse 2. Why should the nations say, where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths but cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. They have noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel. They have feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Those who made them will be like them. Everyone who trusts in them. And so if you want to be as dumb and helpless and ignorant and senseless as the pagans worship pagan gods. But the psalmist says, I worship the living God. I worship the one who, verse 2, hears my plea of mercy, who hears when I cry. So I lift up my hands towards your sanctuary. Don't treat me, he says, verse 3 and 4, like the wicked. And notice how the wicked, the workers of evil, verse 3, they don't drag me off of the wicked, the workers of evil. They speak with their neighbor while evil is in their heart. So they're hypocrites, they're duplicitous. And notice what the psalmist wants these people to get. Not absolute uh, 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 terror uh, uh, that God would just heap upon them undeservedly. He doesn't want them to have all these things come that God just does to them out of capriciousness. But notice what he wants the evil people to get. Give to them according to their work. According to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. The last thing any of us want, and especially those who work evil, the last thing any of us really want is what we deserve. So for these who are doing evil, the psalmist doesn't have to make up punishments for them. All he has to say is, Lord, give them what they deserve. Give them what they should get for what they do. We don't have to heap up curses and imprecations on these people. All we have to do is ask God to see and ask God (coughs) pardon and ask God to give justice when justice comes who will be able to stand only those who have received mercy and pardon so verse 5 because they don't regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands he'll tear them down and build them up no more It's our duty to honor God. It's our responsibility to see Him. Let us do that like the psalmist, verse 6. Blessed be the Lord. He has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. When we make pleas to God, when we act in faith, 
we will find the help that God himself has promised. Where do we get the idea that we should go to God for help? Where do we get the idea that there's mercy there? Where do we get the idea of grace? It's him who revealed it. Just as the promise we read about in our Thursday night study this last week, Hebrews 4.16. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And so, (coughs) we have two lives. The life that men lead, which is evil, unacknowledging, no acknowledgement of God, apart from God, and what they'll get is what they deserve because God is a God of justice. But then there's others who receive faith, because of faith, receive mercy and receive his kindness because he's promised that to those that seek him. So, verse 7, the Lord is my strength and he's my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks. On the grace and mercy side, let there be faithfulness and joy and peace. Because, verse 8, the Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. We recently, of course, read Psalm 23. We're now in Psalm 28 where the Lord is the shepherd of Israel and the shepherd of his people. But this, that the shepherd will carry them. What did Jesus say in the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15? That shepherd who left his ninety and nine and went and sought the one that was lost, when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders. Here in the Psalms, the shepherd will carry them. And the shepherd will not tire of that. He will carry them forever. And so let us be the one who is carried by the Lord, who's given grace who's given mercy, who's shown his loving kindness, because in faith we ask for it. The other life, the life outside of God, is the life that gets what you deserve. And none of us could bear that. So let us appreciate what we have. Let it, let's make that our song of thanks ever to him and live in faith. Well, that will close. As this morning, you need to come to the invitation, confessing. Jesus, our Savior, the one who came as a great shepherd of sheep to call back those who are continually straying like sheep. He's a shepherd and bishop of our souls. Let's come and receive of him the grace and mercy promise. If you need to come confess him or confess sin, we ask that you come now as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available online at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.